0: You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Visit bpn.fm to discover more.
1: Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at Chabacasino.com. Most enterprises use disparate
0: systems to manage spend. The result? A reactive manual approach. CFOs and controllers, you deserve better. You deserve a unified spend platform from Brex. Brex makes it easy to proactively control spend with cards, spend management, travel, and bill pay in one place. You can create budgets with controls built in, track and adjust in real time to keep teams accountable, and automate compliance to close the books faster. Ready to control your spend with one unified platform? Visit
2: brex.com. All I can say is that one class had me hooked because it really touched me in a way that I had not felt in a really long time. It was just like, I remember why I love doing this.
0: Hello and welcome to Why I'll Never Make It. I'm your host, Patrick Oliver-Jones, an actor, singer, director, and producer. This podcast features insightful stories and conversations with fellow artists on the realities of a career in the entertainment industry. And today's guest is Terry Dollar. And at first I was going to feature her in a bonus episode of the Spotlight series. But as I got to talking with her... I thought that this might be a wonderful main episode for Why I'll Never Make It. She is not only a talent agent, she's a artistic director of Artsplosure, which is a big event that happens every year in Raleigh, North Carolina, bringing artists and uh, the people together and really enjoying the arts and what they can bring to the community there in Raleigh. And... She's been a teacher. She has directed classes and productions, but it is her work with Star, special theater artist of Raleigh, that I really wanted to focus on. This organization that she's been running for many years now is a wonderful group of special needs students and actors, as well as the the parents that are there, and a group of helpers that facilitate the productions as well. And all of these people come together and put on a production. And the stories that she tells about these eager and committed actors, I thought was quite moving and motivating for all of us. There's one particular part of the conversation where she basically says, if these actors can do it, then you can do it as well. And that really struck me because I certainly find excuses to not do this or not do that, or I'm not a dancer, so I can't really do that, which is <laughs> which is really true. But I let that be an excuse for why I can't do something, rather than giving it my all, giving it my best, and showing up with each rehearsal and each performance, especially, to give 100%. And I think you're going to find in this interview that the stories, the people she works with, are absolutely inspiring and motivating for all of us. And certainly one reason why I'll never make it is that I'm not more like these special actors. And it was actually last week's guest, Lauren Kennedy, that introduced me to Terry. Terry and told me about her wonderful organization. And as soon as I heard about it, I wanted to bring Terry onto the podcast to share with us all about what makes STAR so special. So without further ado, here is Terry Dollar sharing how she got involved with the program and what these artists and this program has meant to her. Terry, thank you so much for being on the podcast. I've, I, I'm so happy to be in your office.
2: <laughs> I'm glad to have you. Thank you.
0: <laughs> As I, I was looking around, the, the first thing I noticed were your like little like solar powered. Bubble
2: <laughs> yeah. creatures. Yeah, I don't even know how many I have now. I think it's raging like forty or fifty. I don't know. People give them to me. I don't know. It, it, it's a thing. I had one, and mm-hmm. then someone said, "Oh, you like these? So let me get you another one." It's kind of soothing because they make a little clicking sound. It's much better than a fountain, which makes you want to go to the bathroom all the
0: <laughs> time. This is just like it's very soothing. Yeah, they 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 have taken over your windowsill.
2: They have indeed, and they're kind of fragile. Children come in here; and they want to play with them, and I'm like, no. Sorry, they're fragile. I mean, I don't really care. They could break them all. It's okay. But, you know, I have a collection now. I don't know what I'll do with them when I retire. Maybe (laughs) I'll will them to some museum. There's quite a collection.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Now, speaking of retirement, so how long have you been going at this and and starting Star and and everything?
2: Well, I've been working at Arts Closure for almost 21 years. Um, before that, I was um, I was a theater person, and I used to be a high school um, theater teacher. And then I was the stage mom extraordinaire to um, actors. One of them, Aubrey, is still an actor. She's getting ready to start a new series in New Orleans, and um, stage mom to them. And all the time, I ran a preschool that was an arts related preschool. I wrote a curriculum called Arts Together for arts based preschool there. So I've always been involved in the arts. But uh, when my when Aubrey was going away to school at BU. I really needed a full-time job. Those mm-hmm. college bills were, like, for real.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a reality check when that bill comes.
2: <laughs> yeah. So um, so um I started working at Arts Pleasure, and I never really planned festivals. I hadn't done anything like that. But I actually found that, you know, being a mom and, and planning a lot of the events I'd done, I'd been the cultural arts representative for their schools always. So I'd booked a lot of performers. I knew most, I, you know, really involved in the arts scene. So I knew most everybody around here. I was kind of, it was sort of a... A natural thing it really was the best possible gig for me because it was like oh yeah I know that musician yeah you know I know him I know him I know I I taught him well, I was a high school teacher here for a few years so in any case um I started then and I just it was trial by fire just jump in and, and see what you can do yeah and um and so I hadn't really taught any classes star started because um a guy that I had known casually, uh, as a drama teacher when I was, was teaching here in the late 70s, he, uh, he taught this class called Star. Actually, they didn't even have a name then. Actually, they were just, it was just a special needs drama class he taught. And he was getting ready to have surgery. And so he called me on the phone. I hadn't heard from him in the longest time. The wonderful man named Willie Jordan. He said to me, um, Terry, I'm getting ready to have this surgery and I need somebody to take over my class for a few months. And I said, you gotta be kidding You really. You know my life. I mean, I'm, I have a crazy life. I also run a talent agency. I represent about 400 actors with a partner. I know you're thinking wow. I'm really like four people, but I'm really, <laughs> it's really only two. I'm just an insanely busy person, but so I have a talent agency. I have this festival that I plan. You have a family, you know, I have no time. I right, wish I could right. volunteer. I wish because it was a volunteer gig. There was no pay anyway. Not, it wouldn't have mattered if there was, but in any case, he said, okay, I understand. I do. I, it was a long shot. He said, I just thought you'd be the best person. And I said, well, I'll tell you what, let me sub for you because this was like two days before the surgery. I said, I'll sub for you Thursday night. Okay. I'll come and I'll do the sub. I'll happy to do it. And then I'll help you find somebody. Okay. I'll help you. I thought, I know other, I'll find some poor sucker out there who wants to take on this poor, you know, charity case class of special needs people. I don't know anything about that. I I really had never worked with special needs kids per se. Mm -hmm. There had been some when I was teaching high school once in a while, but it was rare. So I went in to sub for the class and I just pulled out of a dusty old, you know, lesson plan that was just very general theater, letting thinking, you know, I don't know what these people can do. I don't know. Well, all I can say is that that one class It had me hooked. It touched me Mm. in a way, and I'm going to start crying, because it really touched me in a way that I had not felt in a really long time. It was just like, I remember why I love doing this. And these people in this class, oh, my God, they are fantastic. Mm. Fantastic. And I thought, whoa. And I'm looking, I mean, you know, the kids in this class, they're not kids. Let me just back up. I called them kids then. Maybe they were. I've been doing it for about 12 years, I guess. It's been about 12 years since I've been teaching stars. So back
0: then they were kids, but now they've grown. They're kids, yeah.
2: Now they're <laughs> in their 30s and 40s. Right. So they're not really kids anymore. Uh, we have a couple in their 20s, but um, the, the kids were you know, they they range in um, what they can do. Like, there's some kids that have Downs. There's some kids that have cerebral palsy. There's one boy who has Williams Syndrome. There's kids that are autistic. And there's some kids that just are low-functioning. And then there's kids that have, like, a variety of all of the above. Hmm. So, and I thought to myself, I have no, I didn't, I have a master's in education. And I took one special education class. But that is all, I don't, you know, I'm not skilled in how to deal. But, but it didn't matter. It really didn't matter because what we did was we all came together, you know, to act. So I called everybody I knew. I mean, I couldn't even wait. When I got in the car after that first class, I said, this is the best thing I've ever done in my whole life. This was so much fun. I'm going to do this. And I called Willie and I said, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. And he started (laughs) snickering. He said, yeah, I kind of thought you would feel that way.
0: So what was it specifically that really hooked you in?
2: Well, first of all, they're all fantastic human beings and their parents are diesel Parents, I mean, you have no idea the kind of things that these parents will do for these kids. Mm. They'll do anything, and they really support these kids. And when we do a production like, they're all in. I've never had parents who are all in. What you want, Oompa Loompa wigs? We'll just buy an Oompa Loompa for everyone, and everyone will have like the real thing. And I'm like, okay, all right, let's do it. Let's go for it. So. But it was, they were wonderful people. So they make you feel incredibly welcome. You feel like a rock star when you walk in there. It was like, hey. Miss Terry's here, Terry's here. And it, I was like, Whoa, people haven't been this glad to see me in like ten years. <laughs> right. I mean, the shoes are like, Oh, hey, good to see you, you know. But this was like, whoa, and there's bear hugs, and there's just like this, okay. Well, this is nice. And they were like anxious and so eager. So this was on
0: the on the first time that you're there, time, and you're already time. being treated. And they're that so way.
2: They're that way to everybody. It's not unique. It's mm-hmm. not unique. They're that way to everyone. Everyone feels welcome. Everybody made a point of speaking to me, and I thought, well, first of all, we have fantastic human beings, so Check. That's a really good one. And they were super eager and super willing and willing to do anything and fearless to Fearless, uninhibited fearless um that I don't find when I taught high school. You know, you'd have one or two maybe in a class that'd be fearless, but right. everybody else was like, I don't want to look stupid in front of my friends. Right, right. We're so hung yeah. up on
0: how we look and how yeah. we come across. And, well, my, my friend's over there, and I don't want to I
2: don't want be to look dumb stupid. to them. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and so that's gone. Mm-hmm. They really, they'll go for it. They will that? go for it. And then the support that they had for each other. Like if somebody else was funny, we were just in these little improv exercises, and if someone else was really funny, funny. You know, it was hilarious because we did this one exercise and and, um, this one guy had to be a monkey. And in this exercise, you know, most people would have just gotten down on all fours and done the whole monkey thing. No, he rips his shirt off. He starts hitting his chest and one little girl just falls onto the chair and her legs are kicking up and she's screaming and laughing and it was just like, okay, so this is what we are. This is what we're doing. And then the parents stay, they stay in the class, but they're over on the side and they watch and they're also amused. And so it's not like that, that doesn't, that doesn't deter them from their parents watching at all. So, um, yeah, it was that. And then I thought, whoa, what we could do with this class, what we could do with this class would be, pretty spectacular. So even
0: after that first class, your wheels started turning about what you could oh, do and yeah. what, what kind of things that yeah. you could show. And just
2: whatever they were going to do. I knew that I wanted to be a part of it. I mm. knew that I wanted to be a part of it. So it was super, 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 um, Fun. It was just fun, and I that I just had this like hint that I didn't really care what else I had to suffer because I was going to do this class.
0: You, you were going to make the time. Yeah, I was so, going to make the, the other. time for
2: that. And in, you know, in hindsight, one of the things that I think was just so wonderful about it was I don't do anything all day long where it takes 100% of my attention and focus and you don't look at your cell phone when you're in there you don't you don't have you're 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 in it it's mm-hmm. it's like and you don't want to you're it's like very in the moment you know and they it's 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 like no other group of people that i'm around at all
0: so with so with the other things whether it's Arts Closure, you're talented with all those other things you're kind of pulled in many directions you you kind of have to be ready to get this email that phone call this meeting right you're, but once you're with them, then it's like it's the rest in. of the world goes away. Yep. Like two, three hours, how, yes. how long are you We with meet
2: them? an hour and a half, more well, only once a week, and then toward the end, before we do our show, we do a show in the spring and we normally perform at the Governor Moorhead School for the Blind. That's where we normally have done. Uh, and it's like a, an auditorium, like circa 1940. It, they haven't changed much, believe me. Um, so. Is it uh, one of those
0: that's like an auditorium <laughs> slash gym <laughs> slash meeting no, place? This sla- is
2: a real auditorium, okay, but the right. most uncomfortable seats in the world. Uh, and right. when the first year we went there and I was directing the show and I, I told the kids, I said, just wait, wait over off stage right. Wait, stay, just wait wait off stage right. And they said, I said, no, get off stage. I can still see you. And they said, uh, we can't. And I said, why can't you? And they said, cause there's, and I said, and I'm aggravated. I go up on the stage and I look and there are like four pianos stacked one on top of the other that had been donated to the school oh, wow. that they didn't have another pl- I said, they put them in the wings where there's no place for people to stand. Ah, But it's also kind of wonderful being there because they let us just take over. Like we get to, we're not working around someone else's schedule. They Sometimes they have band instruments because I think the band practice is there, but it's been a really nice, um, nice kind of symbiotic relationship with them. Yeah. So, but closer to the show, of course, then we are. We're rehearsing every night and we're rehearsing on the weekends and all that stuff. But during the school year, it's just one night a week, just an hour and a half.
0: And how does the, the designation of roles for, for this show that you do in the spring, how do you, do, do people audition? Do yes. you more kind of see? Yeah. And oh, yeah. how, they how they do those auditions aud- go? <laughs>
2: <laughs> they look forward to auditions. They really mm-hmm. do. And they, they always, they they started pumping me even all summer. I've been getting text messages and, and, uh, emails about what show are we doing? I think we should do Peter Pan. I think we should do this. And I'm like, uh, uh we'll see. We'll see. Um, first of all, there's a lack of material greatment. And I was just in this accessibility workshop. There's a, a, a serious, lack of great material that's adapted for people with special needs to Mm -hmm. do theater so what we normally do is we'll take up show and we'll adapt it for our kids now granted it takes a lot of adaptation because most of the time they can't possibly like, like for example we did charlotte's web a couple of years ago And so I was really excited because I knew this was an actor. They really like musicals and we normally do musicals, but I was like, nope, we're going to hone our acting skills. We're going to do this show. And so we were working on it and well, we were getting ready to work on it. And um, so I had to call to get permission, you know, because we pay royalties like everyone else. And they said, you know, like they always do. They said, well, any changes you make to the script, you have to submit them to us. And I said, I don't think you understand, but every single line has to be adapted just about because you know, almost everything, depending on who we cast, we kind of adapt the part to fit them.
0: Oh, interesting. So we, I d- kind d- depending of, on, on, on their speaking level, yeah. depending on their mobility.
2: Right, because right. some can handle dialogue, some can't. Um, we've learned to adapt the, those. They're like, there's some... Some of our actors are amazing actors, but they can only hold like one or two lines of dialogue in their head. If you, if you speak it, then they'll get it and they can do it. And I I remember years ago, my daughter was an actor, was a child actor, and she did a movie with Patricia Neal who had had a stroke and she actually wore an earpiece and they had an assistant off. Stage who would feed her lines because she could only keep one or two lines and her character never broke and she'd do these little pauses and you just didn't because she was so wonderful and her face was so wonderful but she would do this thing and then you knew she was gonna she'd get it you know mm-hmm. she'd get that line but but so we have shadows for some of the kids that you know that help them but the audition process is very interesting <laughs> because they look forward to it I mean they are ready to go and so and they are. So they're competitive with each other. I would be lying if I didn't say that. And
0: they, 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 they want it. Oh, well, they And know. they want it over the other. Yes, <laughs> they do.
2: They do want it. And, you know, their parents want it, too. Mm-hmm. So, stage parentism, they're wonderful, but, you know, they everyone wants the best for their child, and I get it. I get it. I get it more than most people get it. So, but, you know, at the same time, I have to think about the, the, the actor, too. And when you're dealing with a kid with special needs, I don't want to give them something that they're going to be uncomfortable doing. So I kind of know, like, I know, like, this girl's really good at sassy roles, and I know this guy, it can handle a ton of dialogue, and, um, it's, it's very, 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 it's interesting, but, you know, I kind of know sort of what they can do, so. And
0: so it's that idea of, you want to set them up for success. Mm-hmm. You, you want to give them something that you know that they can handle and that they can fulfill. Yeah,
2: absolutely. Right. So, but the shows we either adapt, we adapt a current show, or I also work with two other co-teachers. So, which I, I brought them in later. <laughs> My life is crazy. First, it was just me. Well, the first year, Mr. Jordan and I did it together. He came back for the show, and we did it. To, we directed the show together. But um, after that, I had it by myself for a couple of years, and then I thought reinforcements here, reinforcements. Here. Right.
0: I, did, I would imagine after a while, like th- there's only so much one person can do.
2: Right. Well, particularly when we're doing a musical, because you know. I, I, I sing a little, I dance a little, but that's not really my thing. So so now I work with Tatiana Guy, who is a musical theater person, beautiful voice, a singing person, but a great actor. She has many talents. And Kirstie Spady, who owns a dance studio, who is a dancer extraordinaire, and we brought her in. So we have the dream team now. So it's not all on me. The three of us kind of share things. And so we now it's been so wonderful because Tatiana has actually written a couple of shows one year I didn't know what we were going to do and I was sitting around and I'm sure this is totally illegal. So if you're out there listening, come and get me. But <sighs> I was listening to Beatles music. They used to have this show called the Beatles brunch here and I'm listening to Beatles mm-hmm. music one Sunday morning and I had, we had no show and I'm racking my brains about what we're going to do. And because these kids are like in their thirties and forties, they, they grew up, you know, with parents who listen to the Beatles music constantly. So they love the Beatles music. And so I thought I should write a play. And string together Beatles songs hmm. and. And so what we did that year was we, I actually asked them for real life stories of things that had happened to them that involved their, whatever their special need was. And so Mm. I wrote, it almost killed me. I would not do that again unless I had a death wish because it was so hard to write it, direct it, get it all together, cast it all at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, putting
0: together a new work. I mean, I, I interview people who write and either perform new works and it's a process. It
2: was. I wanted to kill myself, although it was beautiful and one of the best shows we ever did, but at the same time. So yeah. So Sometimes we write a show. The last year, what we did, we just called it the Greatest Show, and we used music from The Greatest Showman. And then we went through all the shows that we've done in the last ten years and picked out the top scenes. (laughs) And it was great. They loved it because they got to relive, you know, Aladdin's genie in a bottle, and you know, they got to relive some of their favorite Grease. They got to do Grease Lightning and all the things that they loved to do from those musicals that we had done. So, but we audition. We post a cast list. I always tell people. Um, that I do it just like I did when I was teaching high school. You post it, and then you go out of town the next day, and you don't answer emails because (laughs) you don't. I mean, I used to tack it up on Friday afternoon when I was a drama teacher and say, it'll be here Friday afternoon at 3 o'clock. And I was nowhere to be found because I didn't want to discuss it. I didn't want to defend it. I didn't want to do anything else. So we sort of do the same kind of chicken way. We don't, we do it so they've got a whole week to get used to it before we have to see them again. So, um, but yeah, but they audition. It's a straight out audition, you know, and it goes down to the wire. It really does. Usually by, we usually take two class, classes to do it. And by the second one, it's mostly callbacks, but I try to be generous in that is there anybody else here who feels like they could do a good job in this role and would like to read for it? And of course, some child will volunteer. Who absolutely I know is there's no way, but we are patient to the nth degree right. for that person to you, get that out. Yeah, you want to give
0: them the opportunity, let them showcase what they want to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: We do. And uh, like I said, it's competitive because now they know, like every other group. Every other class I've ever taught, like they know their type and they know who they're auditioning against already and they'll come up to me and they'll whisper things like, I really want this role. And I'm thinking, yeah, that's good. You can't butter me up that way, but that's really good. Thank you for, thank you for telling me that I'm, I'm, I'm happy to hear that that's something you really want to do. But when we cast it, we do try to make sure that Every single student has an opportunity to shine Hmm. because this play is going to be a huge deal for them. It's a huge deal. And I know from, from other classes that involve special needs uh, adults, it's like, or kids, usually they're in the back. Usually they're standing in the back and the teacher Mm -hmm. plugs them in in some way that they're not too obtrusive to the really talented kids. And, you know, but this is like every star kid is up front. They are doing their thing. And so, for that reason, they sh- they fly in relatives from all over the country who come and see this. They really look forward to this show so much. And we pack that auditorium. We pack it. I bet. pack it. I and bet. it's the most incredible audience. I mean, you would think that the Beatles are on stage, but how how much they cheer and people just... And they understand. They, I mean, you know, they understand that this is special needs. And I've had friends of mine who are actors who come and see it for the first time, and they're always just like... Oh, Terry Dollar, bless your heart. Whoa. And I go, oh, you have no idea. As much, as much effort as this is, I take back a hundredfold mm-hmm. from these guys because I see, you know, I had a kid once who told me, he said, he had like three lines and he said, I rehearsed my lines every day. I said, good for you, Matt. I'm glad. I'm glad you should be rehearsing unless he said, no, I do them 40 times every day. And I said, you do. And his mother said, 40, Matt? He says, well, like 400. And I thought, whoa. And I can see the difference. Like week to week, I will, you know, I always call him out. If somebody's done something incredible, I'll say, Keith, man, you have been working on that script and I know it's hard for you. And I'm. I'm blown away, which I also know that they're all people pleasers. And then they'll all try to work, try to be that person that Terry, you know. Right, pulls. right. They, they want the gold star. Right, right. <laughs> if we all we want all, the gold star. <laughs> don't we all? So, you know, I they work incredibly hard, incredibly hard. Um, We got to open for the Special Olympics this year, uh, which was right. a really big deal. And it was a really neat thing because... Class was over, we'd already done our show, and then they, then the North, Special Olympics of North Carolina came and said, will you perform at the PNC Arena, you know, in front of thousands of people for this opening? And so. Now,
0: would this be like the biggest performance? Oh, th- yeah. Th- these people have ever yeah. had, yeah, I would imagine. Yeah, yeah,
2: for sure. We've been re- they had to rehearse extra rehearsals and all this stuff, and, and not one complaint, not one time, you know, after Kirstie said, we're going to do this same thing, five more times before we leave because repetition is huge with them. You have to repeat and repeat and repeat and repeat and repeat. So we did it. Then we get there that day and the stage is like half the size they've told us that it's going to be. And there's like stage props and stuff on the stage that can't be moved. So we had to, once again, adapt it again to make sure that it would work. But, you know, I I loved just their attitude, their willingness to work hard and their willingness to make it right. And they wanted that moment. They wanted that moment so desperately. It was beautiful. Oh, I
0: I, I bet they were enthralled and to have that many people watching them and clapping for them. Yeah,
2: It it was really special. And just, yeah, it was super, super, super special. And we brought the kids back out in the audience to sit with their parents and everything after that. And just the high fives and all the, the, you know, the stuff that they got was just, it was super, super rewarding.
0: Well, one thing that I was wondering as you were talking about the audition process is and, and then once everyone is cast, how do you handle when an actor isn't taking the character the direction you want or that, how do you handle that criticism?
2: It's hard. I mean, you know, it's hard. I usually just try to, what we, one of the greatest things is that we work with a whole series of helpers. These are high school and college kids and some of them are adults who just want to help us, but we almost have as many helpers as we do students in the class. Hmm. So one of the things that I love to, I love to engage them and have them pair up one on one with the actors. Sometimes for the first fifteen minutes of class when we are rehearsing a show, I'll say, Helpers, take your person, go find a quiet place. And for fifteen minutes, just go over this with them. And they have absorbed a lot. The helpers have, even if the student hasn't. And so they always come back and it's it's great. It's so much better because that way we're able to divide and conquer because rather than me be that, you know, mean director that's gonna make this person do it five times, you know, this person has. I've never really had anybody I've had people unhappy with the role that they were cast in. And then, you know, mm-hmm. and like any other unhappy actor, you know, I have to say, I'll have to go to them and say, look, you know, uh, you know, I can use the old cheesy phrase. There aren't no small parts. There's only small actors, but you know, they roll, even they roll their eyes at me for that one. They're like, Oh right. yeah, I got yeah. it. But- there's a <laughs> the difference between having
0: two lines in the second act and, and being like the star of the show. Right. It's, it's a difference.
2: But you know, I have to say to them, you know what? Not every year are you going to get the lead. Not every year are you going to have, you know, are you going to be able to do this? But what I need from you is a 100%. And I know that you know. And the good thing about most of these kids do sports in Special Olympics, so you we treat it like a coach sort of thing. I don't need 50% from you when you come in here. I need a 100%. I need the absolute best that you can do. And I've had people before. I had this one actor who's no longer in our class because he moved away. But he used to send me text messages and he would say, hey, Director Terry, you rode me hard tonight. And I said, his name is Carl. I'll call him out. I said, Carl, there's a phrase about to whom much is given, much is expected. And you are extremely capable. And yes, I do expect that out of you. Mm. And I will accept nothing less. So know your lines next week. And I mean it. And so I can get hard. They know I can be hard. I'm not soft on them. Because softness is not. I mean, I am soft when we need to be soft. But, but I you know. I, if they can do a lot, then I expect a lot. And I, and I, you know, I always say it's all about the team. It's all about the whole show. It's not about you. It's about how we help each other. And so we are going to be respectful and kind and nice and you're not going to be that jealous. We've had instances even before because there's like relationships like boyfriend and girlfriends in the class as well. Okay. And you know, there's the whole thing with what if, what if your boyfriend has to hold the hand and pretend to kiss this other girl that's not your girlfriend I say it's acting and I always share stories about you know when I cast Our Town when I was Teaching high school, and I said these were like first cousins. You know, they they had to kiss each other for like a whole scene. Like this whole scene had to go, and they had to keep their mouths together. (laughs) And they came to me and said, "We don't know how we're going to do this. We really don't know how." I said, "And we staged it so their mouths didn't actually have to be on each other, but it looked like they were because I saw that there was no way in the world they were going to put their mouths together. It just wasn't going to happen." So I said to her, "You should be glad I'm not making him make out with her or anything. He's only having to hold her hand, so you know it's acting. You know, grow up." And so, you know, there'll be some pouting, but then we're okay. But you know, we, I have to, we do have to sometimes enlighten them that this is acting. This is not real. And, you know, uh, they have to be reminded of that. But I said, believe me, it happens in, in the real world too. It happens.
0: Oh yeah. I mean, even in the shows that I do, if I'm with someone who's in a relationship and then their boyfriend or husband or whoever comes and then it's like, awkward. Yeah. It's awkward. Yeah. It just, it it depends on, on that other person and how many times they've seen and how used to the whole acting thing that they are
2: if they don't really get it then I'll yeah. always just say you know what there's a place where people don't even have on any clothes and they're in bed with each other would you <laughs> like that how would that be, be to you would right, you really right. like that I'm just telling them to hold her hand to hold a hand so it's not a big deal okay <laughs> so they're like okay okay
0: right you kind to just reason with them and be like it could be worse could so be why don't we just hold anymore. a hand <laughs> and that kind of leads me to what has been or what have you seen is the difference between the like the high school productions and plays and stuff that you've done and the stuff that you've done with star what what would you say is the biggest difference in dealing with uh, the scene the directing and the actors themselves
2: well our production quality we don't we like to say is is high quality and as i've said those parents are diesel parents our set we have um we have a lot of we've had you know famous artists and theater teachers and people who come in and they, they paint the sets along with the parents. They build the sets. They do all that. The costumes are top notch. And I often say that to the actors, you know, toward the end of the of the run when we're getting ready to go on, right, right? During the tech rehearsals, I'll say, look around you. Do you see these beautiful sets? Do you see these costumes? Everyone else is working hard here. Why aren't you? Hmm. So, you know, because they need, you know, they need that sometimes. I'm sounding like I'm super mean and I'm not that mean. No, no, no but, but
0: you're, but you're you pushing those, them because yeah. you're showing everyone's giving 100%. You should too. You should too.
2: So I would say, you know, there's very little except that, um, I would say, you know, like if I was teaching a high school a high school class and we were doing a show and all of that, um I would be concerned that, you know, people would come and see it. I don't have to worry about that with Star. So I know people are going to come.
0: Right, you know the ho- the house is going to be full. It's going
2: to be full. But at the same time You know, it's the same basics. I've got to, I've got to please the cast. I've got to find something that's rewarding so they'll want to come back and do class again. So they'll sign up for class, you know. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of, it's, there's, there's really not much difference just except that, um, I would say that you have to be acutely aware of how far you can push someone. And, and I, and we are, we know, we know that there's just certain things. We had a girl in our class for a while. She was wonderful. Um, who was, um, she was, um, a savant and she was I mean, the, after the first class, I, I did I do this. It was funny. I did this name game that, that helps me remember everybody's name. The first class, and you know, I'm like, this is this is uh, Keith, and he likes to fly kites. And we were doing this whole thing to help me. Well, and then the next person's supposed to remember, and everyone's helping. We got to her, and the parents were over there chuckling because she remembered everything. I told her my phone number one time, and she calls me every year on my birthday. Um, she, wow. if you tell her your birthday, she can tell you all kinds of factual things. Um, about about that first date. Mm-hmm. Okay. So she's like an encyclopedia. And she's a, She was wonderful because lines, it was like fantastic, except it upset her. If someone didn't get a line perfectly, she'd say, Terry, he left out the, you know, the the, <laughs> the in this. And I was like, it's fine, Dana. It's fine. And Dana, I love and I just love her so much. But we had to learn that she did not like sarcasm. Like you could not, you couldn't, you, you needed to be straight with her. You didn't need to be sarcastic because that was something that she didn't like. And then some of the kids that we have, like have trigger words, like if they hear this word, then they cannot function. Oh, they like, it, it, like completely, so we have to be, <laughs> we have to be aware what, of those what, things. what
0: does it trigger? I mean,
2: it usually triggers them just to like have a meltdown or a breakdown. Like, and it can be something that you would never think about. Like, even like, I forget one of her trigger words. We've got a couple kids that have trigger words or we have a one, one girl who has, uh, like trigger sounds. Like if it's a loud sound and you know, we cast her in this role once and there's like a gong and there's all this stuff and that would just send her into, a she, you know, she has a trouble, she has trouble functioning. Oh, so trying to keep all those things in our head. And so when we're doing this, we're going, oh, don't, don't give that to her because. Right. right. So when you're adapting it, then you need
0: mm-hmm. to think about the sounds or different, uh, the dialogue. If, these, mm-hmm. if that word happens to be in there. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. A-
2: so, you know, we do have to be kind of aware of that would be the the one thing I would say is that we, we, we are, and thank, thankfully there's three of us now. So, you know, you can <laughs> think about it. And sometimes it comes out of my mouth and I'm going, Oh my God. Oh my God. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Sorry, but doesn't matter. Sorry doesn't cut it when you right because it's been said
0: and now mm-hmm. and, and, and
2: some kids don't like to be touched. Some kids. I was touched. just about
0: to ask that because that that is an issue with with some special needs. You know, like, like the holding of the hands. Obviously, they wouldn't get those roles. No, no, I, I wouldn't
2: expect them to do that. Right, and so
0: in this adaptation, it must be such a puzzle piece to be like, okay, th- this one, you know, can't have this sound, so we'll put them in this role. This one doesn't like to be touched, so they get this, and you really <laughs> have to kind of fit together because. Ultimately, there's probably a scene that's going to have a sound or that yeah. word. There's going yeah. to have a scene where yeah. they got a touch. So they just have to be away from those scenes. Right. So we
2: have to cast it perfect. So right. We have to cast it perfectly. And we, we kind of get that. We do. We, we know them so well now. Like we took new kids in a couple years ago, but the parents kind of like the group and it's a very cohesive group. So we rarely take new people in. We've, we've only had since I've been there, maybe five new people have come in. It's the same people.
0: And how many total are they in there now? I
2: think we have. 17 I think star kids and then we have 15 or so helpers, so almost one on one.
0: Right. <laughs> and right. the
2: helpers, it's been really interesting to me, um, the helpers, because some of them are real theater people, you know, they just, you know, that's what they do. Then others got involved because they just knew somebody and wanted to do something, like their mother said, you know, you need some kind of volunteer. Yeah, you career. need to volunteer. And yeah. so they came in, and it's been really funny for me because there's a couple of helpers who were clearly not actors, but we make those helpers, those helpers are all on stage. They all perform on stage with the kids. So sometimes when you're looking, at them, you can't tell who's a helper and who's not. So, oh, they're not on stage all the time, but they're they, they are on stage, and I've seen these guys have to learn to dance, and I'm like, oh yeah Right, because they have to
0: know the choreography so they can help their, their person do <laughs> yeah, yeah. it as well
2: And it's been lovely because, um uh, there are a lot of really good dancers in the class and, and Kirstie in every show makes a, uh, a purely helper number that is just for the helpers so they can shine. And it's been so nice because the, we did a couple years ago and I can't remember what show we were doing, but Kirstie threw in Michael Jackson's thriller and did this whole thing with the helpers. Mm-hmm. It was awesome. And, um, the, I remember all the star kids sitting there and they were just like cheering them on and it was like, yay, these are our people. These are our people. And once in a while, like we did Willy Wonka a couple years ago and I knew we didn't really have uh, a star student who could handle Willy Wonka. I just, there was nobody who could handle that. And that role I really hated to cut down very much. All the other roles we could, but I, you know, he needs to say what he needs to say. Yeah. So we hired, we didn't hire, I say hired, we don't pay these people. Uh, we cast... Um, this wonderful actor named Dan Starbuck, who's with my talent agency, who everyone is very beloved with the class to be. And it was fine. No one was jealous that he was going to be Willy Wonka, but it was awesome because he's acting with the kids. He's acting Mm -hmm. with them, which was, it was just awesome because I knew he was up there and he knew everyone's lines. And so that was helpful. But, um, it, they, I feel like the actors like rose to the occasion because he was there. You know, because then we're acting with Dan. Right, and and,
0: and we do that on stage as well. Like, you know, if I'm on stage with someone who's, like, big time, then I want to, okay, I'm going to step up my game.
2: And they do. Hmm. They totally did. I noticed that with everybody. I was like, yeah, well, that's kind of fun when you have, like, this really experienced actor up there and you know, but it's it's the lines are blurred though, and people have come up to me before and says, "Is he special needs or is he?" Because you know, physicality you can't always tell Right. for sure because yeah. some of them you can, but but others you can't tell. So I've kind of liked that blurring of the lines. It's it feels really good. We're,
0: we're, you've mixed them in so yes. well oh, that
2: you can't tell. Right? You can sometimes, but I mean, a lot of times you really cannot tell who's who's the star kid and who is the helper, and and that's been. It, It wasn't on purpose, but it, that's just the way it is. And we love it. Mm -hmm. We love it, love, love, love it.
0: I can only imagine what experience it is for them. Obviously you're, you're helping the special needs students and, and actors and, and they're getting a lot of enjoyment but what is it like for these helpers to come in and share the stage with them and work one-on-one as they, they do? Love it.
2: <laughs> they love it. I see they bring their families and, and all of that. And we, you know, sometimes we'll have like a helper meeting at the first of the year. And I, because for the new kids especially, I just want to say jump in don't be afraid. Jump in. If you see somebody who needs help, jump in. I say, see where help is needed and give it. So, and then sometimes we assign them. We'll find out because it's interesting because there's different people that work better with different people. And I, if I see a response, I'm going, okay, you are going to be with Danny all year because you're great with Danny. She's like, okay. And they get to know each other and, you know, um, Danny has Williams and one of his ears, uh, he hears better out of one of his ears (laughs) than he does out of the other one. Danny had a kidney transplant a few years ago so Danny's been through a lot but Mm -hmm. he is like the most humorous person he has this wry sense of humor and it's it's spectacular so if you're going to be with Danny you if you're in for a treat yeah you're in for a treat because out of the blue he'll just say I think we should all sing the Mickey Mouse Club theme right now and I'll say all right let's do it maybe that'll relieve some stress and so you know he's um he's spectacular but sometimes um Sometimes we assign people to do things, but more than anything else, you know, they just have to learn to jump in there. Just yeah. jump in there and do it. I see the helpers, you know, and they come back year out. We've had helpers that have been there like seven or eight years uh, who come back again and again and again. And some of these guys, there's a guy named Dennis who was a dance major in college and then... You know, he has a his son has special needs too, and now he's he's like a he works as a, a helper. Like most of the kids in the class have, like these government appointed helpers that go with them during the day and and take them to to class mm-hmm. and do jobs and that kind of thing. But he started dancing again because Kirstie was there, and he he was the Michael Jackson and Thriller, and I could see that in him, and I thought, how wonderful that this has reintroduced you to something like this, that you forgot that you... I mean, we all know that the arts, you know, make us better people, and that it's, you know, there's, I mean... yeah, it
0: expands us mentally and emotionally. But we and,
2: forget sometimes. Yeah. Along the path, like, real life... If you don't do this as a profession, real life takes over. Or oh, even
0: if you do it as a profession, I, I know sometimes I have to remind myself, uh, you know, how wonderful and really magical this can be to be in this type of profession, and the, and the creative energy that can come from... Not only myself, but then working with other people. And, and I think we have to remind ourselves the specialness of what we love to do.
2: It is so true. This, and I, I get to see that in them. And I See, I'm just like, oh my gosh, I see that you are, you're getting it too. You are getting it. So it's just like this magic that comes back to them. And I see it in their faces and I'm like, yeah, I've seen people that the first time they came in there, they would never dance in front of people. But I'm like, well, you no, know, you're going to be on that stage. You're doing the so number it's with it got to dance. And, I, and to them, it's kind of like the same thing that I would say about the star kid. I would say, look, he's rehearsing his lines 40 Times or four hundred times a day. You think you can't watch this tape and learn that dance move before next week? I actually think you can, if you work hard enough. And I'm not asking. I'm not asking you to, you know, be Broadway quality. I'm asking you to do the best that you can. Uh, I'll talk about Riley a little bit. Riley had uh, Lauren's daughter. Riley had a friend a couple years ago who was. She just came along because she wanted to be with Riley. Mm-hmm. She was a soccer player and she zero theater. I don't think this girl had ever been on stage, but we were all. She was an excellent dance with you because soccer players generally can get the foot movement stuff. But we, I loved watching that child progress during the year because I thought, you don't get this because you play soccer and you get your accolades and all this, but this is a different kind of putting yourself out there and right. feeling goofy and feeling silly. And yes, you have to wear that spider costume because that's who you are in the scene. And, you know, I saw that in her, but I, I saw that, you know, the reward that she got back from doing that. And, and a lot of the helpers have come back to me over the years and they've just said that was one of the best Things that I ever did,
0: and so in the actual performance themselves, are the helpers like standing beside them? Or is it it is like, like, like how does that? Both. How does that? Both. Relationship some of them. Work?
2: Some of them shadow actors, so they're kind of in the background and they're just helping the actor do his lines or whatever. And then others are actually like you know, in the scene with them as actors, they're saying lines, you know, to, with them and all of that. So, and it works at yeah. it 100. It actually makes it easier sometimes because it keeps it flowing. It keeps it flowing. Like when we do a performance, we make a lot of adaptations. For example, we do, um, we, we have a, we project the words up on a screen so everyone can, can see what's being said, even if they can't understand the actor. Oh, this speak. is for the audience. Mm-hmm. so that they the know. audience. Okay. So we project the words up. And one of the kids actually asked me once why we did, because we were, it was dress rehearsal and it was kind of true, but we were performing for the kids from the Governor Moorhead School and they, he said, well, these are blind students, right? And I said, yes. And he said, why are you projecting? I said, because we're practicing. And then he said, why do we have to be in costume? They can't see. I said, because you'll act better if you're in costume. Okay. It helps you. So, you know, they made a good point, but, but we project. And then we also have, um, we always have one of us is actually the prompter and it's, it's, it's just if somebody is really desperate, you know, and we we kind of learned that if it's a helper and he can, I always tell the helper, do it once or twice. If you can give them like a word under your breath, that'll yeah. help them. But if we see that it's lost, then we will just, speak it into the microphone so it gets them back on track right it doesn't seem to bother anybody like, it huh. you know and because at first of course you know i was of the frame of mind just like most directors are if you go off then you better rescue him somehow you better get back there you know and i've been on stage myself and you're thinking in your brain the whole time you're acting and i tried to do that and then no that's not really a good idea right you better prompt them so that we can stay kind of kind of on I mean I don't mind if we skip a line or two and there have been times when I've said like you know like you would say with any other class you better jump in there with that line because you know we can just skip over it's not crucial to the plot so we can skip over it if you don't jump in right like okay you know but then there's certain kids that I know have the line but like they have difficulty speaking so I will make that class wait five minutes if it takes her five minutes to get that line out Mm. because we know it's in here and we see it's coming and there it's she's trying as hard as she can to get it out so you know and, and I, some of the kids are in the class are funny they're like come on you can do it come on you can do it and yeah. we know but you know i'm like Mm-mm, we're waiting for her i don't care if it takes five minutes we're waiting because she's got it she's doing the best she can do right now
0: yeah so in general the the special needs students are as supportive with each other as as all the helpers yes. and everyone yes
2: yes Oh yes, they are so supportive of each other. It's great. I mean, you know, and if I if I do give the gold star to someone, they're high-fiving each other. Mm-hmm. You know, they really are. And it's it's very, I mean, you know, once in a while we have we have something that goes on, but it's never anything about the play. It's like I said, it'll be something personal like, you know, uh, you were touching my boyfriend or something. It's not like, anything. <laughs> and I always just say, we leave all that behind when we come here. I want you to forget all that. That doesn't exist anymore. This is all that's happening right now is this show and this moment. And this is, we're not going to think about that. And, you know, I just clear it all out. Yeah. So, you know, and, and we'll do like, you know, any other director would do. If we have to do 50 jumping jacks or some exercise that we all have to come together as a cast, then we do it. So,
0: and in rehearsals as, as you're directing them, does it ever come up where their special need ever gets in the way, and then that affects them? It affects it, or how how do they deal with their own special need? I'm
1: I think curious.
2: they get frustrated th- at themselves sometimes, like everybody would. I mean, I get frustrated. Am I, if I'm on stage? I'm like, dang it, I know that line, mm-hmm. but you see in their faces sometimes they're frustrated. We had this one <laughs> speaking of projecting the lines on the stage. One girl who has a little bit of trouble remembering remembering lines sometimes. Uh, I noticed at the very first rehearsal, I'd never seen her do this. She was positioning herself just a little bit downstage so she could look up, look at, up, the up at the screen. Look up at the line. And we were like, that is not cool. You cannot <laughs> do that. And she was like, I said, it was clever. I, I commend you for cleverness, but you can't do that. And she was like, I was like it's not easy like that. But, you know, if we see somebody struggling, then we just give them a help. We give them a hand somehow. You know, would it be helpful if we did this? Can And then sometimes the parent will come to me and say, is there any way we can change this word to that word? Because this word is just really hard for them to pronounce. Oh, i right. like, usually I can say, heck yeah. I mean, you know, Willy Wonka was kind of hard because there's a lot of, like, you know, words you just really can't change. Right,
0: right, because they're kind of made-up gibberish words anyway. Yeah. <laughs> but
2: that was funny. I mean, they they were pretty good about that. Um, You know, I don't think that their disabilities, I never think about their disabilities getting in the way. I see it as a director of how can I make adaptations and how can I help them so that that's not a problem for them Mm -hmm. because I, you know, I I want them to shine and I want the, I want the play to be successful. And if it's a problem for that actor to say that word or to do a particular thing because of something that's not in him to be able to do, then what can I do to make that successful for them? So, you know, but uh, other than that, I mean, it's like, it is almost like it is with, with any other actor. I, I, one year we did, um, Cinderella, and we cast, uh, well, is a version of Cinderella, and we cast the ugly stepsisters as guys, because we actually have more guys in the class than girls. And and then lots of productions have done this because it's easy to make these guys ugly and everything. But the one guy that had to wear the wig and the and it was just something I we laughed later because I mean this is literally what happened in the show. So it's the point where first of all he got tired of the wig was itching. He just pulled the wig off and then he just looks really strange with his bright red lips and makeup (laughs) and he had no in this dress and he had no wig on. But you know we were going we were moving with it. I thought well Well, what ugly stepsister what do you do? (laughs) But then there was the part where he's supposed to try on the the slipper and so it wasn't happening i mean like the the prince is there he's trying to try the slipper on the foot trying to i and so i said let him try the slipper the prince let the slipper put your foot in the slipper with the prince look at the prince and he goes prince there's no prince in this play (laughs) 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 so you know so hopefully one of the one of the helpers came in and swooped in and and helped him. He was like, Oh, oh that. Yes. Oh, yes. that
0: Prince. Yeah. You're so right. I was like, yeah. okay,
2: so you drifted off on stage. I got it. We're all guilty of it. So yeah.
0: But also, I mean, just like in performances that I've done, those mistakes are often either the, the the funniest moment or it kind of like propels you into the scene in a different way. So it it can be kind of a good thing sometimes, right. those little mistakes that right, come along. Right,
2: right. We've learned we've done we've done a lot of improv like in class with them and stuff and and um it's the same funny person that we're talking about, but uh, when we did the, the Beatles play, uh, and we just called it a little help from my friends, um, I asked them all, I interviewed all of them and their parents, and I asked them, I said, share with me something that's happened to you in real life because of your disability that has been challenging or hard or even something happy or fun, just something that you think is happening. Um, this one uh, guy shared with me the sense that he's a bag boy in or in a grocery store and that some lady had said... Um, When he was bagging the groceries, can't you, can't you get somebody normal to bag these groceries Mm. because he always messes them up. And he said, and he told me that story. So I wanted to do this. So to get into the scene before I actually wrote it, I was having them improv um, this whole scene. And so I said, okay, so you're in the line. She's the checkout girl. You're the bad guy. So let's just do a little improv here. If You're checking out groceries and let's just see what happens. And so <laughs> they'll say anything. I told you they're very uninhibited. So we're doing this whole whole scene and he's bagging the groceries. And so there's a guy that's waiting in line. So I said, okay, let me shake this up. I said, so... Danny. I said, you're in a hurry. You're impatient. And this guy's taking a long time to bag this lady's groceries. He says, Oh, okay. Got it. Got it. Got it. So I said, no, no, no. And he was, I said, no, no, more impatient. Show me how impatient you are. What do you do when you're impatient when you just don't want to wait anymore? And so (laughs) he comes out, he's sending, and so he's really getting into it and everything. And so the lady, the, the cashier says, I need your money, please. And so he says to her, he says, give her the money, you bastard. Just like that. And it was like, everyone, we just like stopped. It was hilarious. We all, parents, everyone, we just lost it. We just lost it. And I look over at his father and he's He's just just like, like oh my gosh. And I said, well, I hear we only mimic what we hear at home. Right.
0: Right. And so so it
2: was just hilarious. But I said, you did exactly what I asked you to do. Your frustration really showed there. But let's just keep it all, you know, PG here. Let's keep it all G rated because we'll have all ages at our show. So please, no profanity. You know, you don't want to offend anybody. So anyway, but yeah, it's just those kinds of, of things that we that we sometimes have to deal with.
0: I would assume most of them have either like these outside part time jobs or, or other things. Are the, are any of them still in school and doing Some the other of them, things? Outside? Yeah, they
2: take classes. A lot of them do take classes. Um, there's a program at Wake Tech that's like a compensatory education. program. Program and most of them have been either been through that or still in it. Mm-hmm. then they almost they almost all are in some kind of athletic sport. They almost all are doing Special Olympics, like they swim. A lot of times they come into class and they've got wet hair because they've been at swim practice, you know, for an hour or two before. Or they play golf. Or they we have a couple of kids that sail. We have, I mean, they are super, super, super involved, very involved. And their parents, I I can't see, you know, I, when I first started teaching this, and they're these kids are the same age as my kids. And I remember I looked at them and I thought, you know, they are just like my children, uh, except for the fact that, you know, one little chromosome was off or one little thing happened. They're just like my kids. And I thought, whoa, that has to be super hard for their parents. Gosh. But I don't see it that way anymore. I'm actually super jealous of them now because I also see this like lifetime amazing relationship that they have with these adult people now. And like my kids are often, they live in California and you know, I have to beg to talk to them and these people (laughs) get to be with these people, these amazing people all the time. Right. And I'm, I'm, I've, I've become to the point, I'm like, I'm really jealous that you get to go watch a movie tonight with him because I know how much fun that would be. And, um, you know, that, I don't feel, I don't, I don't feel, I don't, there's no, there's not like pity there. Like, you know, they're disabled, poor thing. I don't think that at all. Right. I don't, I mean, to me, it's like everybody, I don't see them as much as special needs as I see them as like they have special gifts. And everybody has a special gift. I mean, just because they're walking around and they're quote unquote normal, that doesn't mean that they're necessarily, you know, any better right. than this guy who has Down syndrome because he has a lot of gifts that that other guy doesn't have. I can tell you that. There's a heck of a lot of people. I mean, I would hang out with my star class a million times most than, more than a lot of people. <laughs> I would never get tired of them. I, I just wouldn't. Well, it,
0: well, it, it sounds like just in, in the stories that you've told that there's such a such an energy and excitement from them. And so... With that, with that story that you told about the, 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 the guy who's a bagger, do they all have that kind of story or her, my hope is, is that they don't experience that a lot.
2: I think they all have experienced that. I hmm. think they have. I think that their parents would say, you know, they are, that luckily a lot of that stuff that happened, they were oblivious to it. But, um, people that are different, they just, you know, they're not treated kindly always. And, and I always just say, you know, that's just ignorance. But you know, the good news is, is that when we are together, when we're all together as a group, you know, it's like there's power in numbers. And I love that part. I just love that part. When the whole group is together, like I've taken them, we went to see, um, I think it was it. Well, we've been to see, we've gone to see several shows together as a group. And so, you know, we, one of our helpers who's now graduated on and is getting married and all that stuff, but he was beloved. Bailey was beloved to our class. And he was doing Curly in Oklahoma at Burning Coal. Actually, it was with this high school show, but they were performing at Burning Coal Theater. And so, um, you know, I warned Bailey. I said, you know, Star is coming to see you tomorrow night. So there's going to be like 50 people and that's a small theater. So like half of the theater is Star related. And so, you know, I see the, the looks on people's faces that there's some that will like move over because they don't want to sit beside us. Mm. Uh, we're great audience, actually. These, these kids are massive theater goers. Like, they go to see everything. They usually see, a lot of them come to see almost everything at Theater Raleigh. Oh, and, good. And uh, so their yeah. parents take them. I see them at everything. I mean, their parents take them to see theater. And a lot of them who, especially the ones who aren't very physically able, if they're not at theater, they're spending like a whole day watching musicals online. And they can quote, this one guy can quote any line from any show he just watches shows all day long why why couldn't he but uh we went to see bailey do this and and then there's the scene where uh you know it's the dream sequence where we think curly's dead or whatever and there's this whole thing well of course two of the girls are just like oh Bailey, Bailey!" and i was like no 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 this is pretend he's okay he's okay and i'm thinking okay i'm ruining this for the whole audience here but we i don't want you to start wailing here right but um but yeah i think you know i think that um when they're together with the rest of them, they are, I mean, when they're, when they're with a pack, when they're together, they, they see that strength. Well, I tell people all the time that if I had to slay dragons in the world, I would go to those parents because they would be the ones that could do it. They are extremely capable, <laughs> extremely capable. All you have to do is say, we're going to have a party and it won't be like any party that you've ever seen. It's something. My elderly father passed away this past year and he came to all the shows that he could and, and all this. And he came to the Christmas party last year and he remembered, he said, oh, I remember they had pretty good food at that party. I said, yeah, I think you should go. Right. So yeah, they do everything kind of overboard and it's awesome.
0: Well, it it sounds like everyone within the STAR program and and the classes and and the performances really comes together. It sounds like just an an amazing group of people. It is. And I'm so thankful for you sharing their stories and and, and sharing this wonderful program. Thank you so much, Terry. Thank you.
2: Thank you so much.
0: And thank you for joining me and Terry on this portion of our conversation. I'm doing something a little different rather than doing the final five this week. I'm basically doing an additional interview with her to talk more about her other work outside of Star. So you definitely don't want to miss that addendum to this conversation. And if you enjoy listening to these stories and interviews as much as I love being a part of them, then please share this podcast with those who you think would enjoy and benefit from these conversations as well. And I certainly want to hear your thoughts and comments about this conversation. It it was a very eye-opening chat that we had about the artists and the actors that Terry works with, and it was very moving and very enlightening for me to hear about them. So I'd love to hear what you think and what spoke to you in this interview. Until next time with my second part of the interview with Terry, I'm your host, Patrick Oliver Jones, reminding you that the reasons for not making it may be countless and frustrating, but the reasons to keep going are even more numerous and rewarding. I'll see you next time.